0: never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throne. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you Investor Edge with Gary Callbaum's Trade talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kolbombs. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Gary Kolf. your host, A Thanks for being with us today. Glad you are here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you are listening. It is Wednesday. It is March 20th, 2019. And yes, I am here. I told you yesterday I probably wouldn't be here because I had jury duty, but the trial ended very, not quickly, quickly, but quickly. And I'm going to do something today. I want to tell you about it, and I doubled and triple-checked whether I can. Yes, I can tell you about the trial. I'm not going to name names, not going to name county, but I want to describe to you what happened and my experience. Also on today's show, full market wrap, Lots to cover on the central bank. The Fed did their stuff today. And we'll take a serious but comedic – can you be serious and comedic at the same time? Yeah, I think I can. Uh, And everything else that goes along with everything else. How's that? Hope you're having a good day. Uh, But first – oh, and Boeing. Interesting news after the close. Uh, Something I thought there was a chance to happen. I think I mentioned it to you yesterday, didn't I? When I said the uncertainties about Boeing. We'll get into that. Uh, But first – if you do not get the show in your city, you go to GaryK.com. You can listen live or you can listen to the archive at GaryK.com. Also at GaryK.com, you can follow me on Twitter. Just press that button there or go to Twitter at GaryKalbop. You can email me. Just be nice. I'm not a fascist. I swear. I love when people email me and call me a fascist. And they don't even know what a fascist is. Yeah, I'm a fascist. I'm the opposite of a fascist. Ah, uh, read our commentary articles we post. If you would like to hear what we're doing. We'd like to hear what you're doing. Press the money management button. Press the subscribe button to get our notes direct to you, uh, and the uh, convictionleaders.com button for our uh, email service. That's at uh, you know kind of sort of you know uh, GaryK.com. So I had uh, so Monday I went to into the jury pool. And there's about, I'm going to guess, 100 people, and it's not for all the cases. You get called by your letter and your number, and then I guess they assign you to certain cases, and then you go up, and there was about 20 of us in a room, and we started to get asked questions by both the state and by the defendant. It was a criminal case, uh, domestic violence. And I was, you know, I was worrying about maybe discussing the domestic violence with you guys uh, because of the outcome. But you know what? I'm just here speaking truth, ladies and gentlemen. So we went through the questions. And let me back up. First off, what it really irritated the hell out of me. While we're there waiting, you know, we're waiting a few hours on Monday, a uh, hundred of us on whether getting picked or not, where to go and all that. All these people were whining, complaining about, blah, 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 I don't want to be here. I don't want to – okay – wow and people said we're gonna i'm gonna make an excuse to get out of here and when we went in for the jury pools 20 of us for the specific case a few of them you could just tell they were answering the questions in order to get kicked out and they did they got kicked out you know you're you're out so it ended up six jury one um substitute and today we get there and uh the woman Claimed she's having a panic attack to let her out. And she got let out. So it was just six of us. And the amazing part, let me fast forward and then bring you back. There wasn't even a case against this guy. There wasn't any evidence. There was absolutely nothing except what she said. Now, we have to have an open mind and go by the evidence. And they call it the credibility of the witness based on the testimony. But you also have to find guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, There should not be any uh, gray area in that. There was no case. There was literally no case. The story goes, boyfriend, girlfriend, living together, had a kid, broke up. But they kept living together because of the kid or maybe financial situations. The bo- ex-boyfriend says, listen, it's Christmas. I'd rather you not bring your boyfriend around on Christmas. I'd rather be just family. She brings the boyfriend anyhow. The claim was he got all out of whack and whatever. The boyfriend walks out. The claim is that he hit her in the face and chipped a tooth. But he calls 9-11 on it because she, he says she's slamming all kinds of ornaments and things of like this, that, and the other thing. Uh, this is the case. And uh, 9-11 comes. She claims she was hit by him, gets arrested goes through the process and everything, and it's our job to hear the evidence and the testimony. It turns out the only testimony was the police officer. I'll get to that in a second, and then this lady. Number one, she changed her story three times on the stand. I'm not making this up, and I want to get into the minutia, but she changed her story three times on the stand. Then she said she had a chipped tooth, but she didn't tell the police officer she had a chipped tooth, and she's never gone to the dentist for the chipped tooth. And never put it into evidence, the chip tooth. And then we have the pictures at the scene about her getting smacked in the cheek. There was not a scratch, a cut, redness, nothing. But that in itself doesn't disqualify it because I gather you can get hit in the cheek and still not see redness. You can still, right, maybe. But then the defense comes in and just tore her apart about the three things she said. And she goes, well, maybe I, I forgot that. Oh, I, yeah, that, you're right. I got to change that. Oh yeah, I got to change that. So all of a sudden we have a case where no chip tooth, no mark, and three by the way material things she said that she changed her stance. And then the state does the cl- the closing and the and the defense and the defense did the smart thing saying didn't even the defense didn't even put up a defense at that point just a closing statement in that. Give me one piece of evidence. Do you, as the jury, have one piece of evidence that you can hold your head? Forget reasonable doubt for a second. Do you have one shred of evidence that anything like this happened? That's number one. The answer was no. And then you know the state goes first. The state says, "We showed you evidence beyond the reasonable doubt," but they didn't show us any evidence whatsoever. So it was easy pickings. We went in there. I uh, you know, I was writing notes down. I had these ten little snippets that I wrote down. All was this is this did not happen. And we don't even have to prove it did not happen. It's just beyond a reasonable doubt. So that was my day. And let me just say to each and every one of you, I loved it. It was fantastic. I didn't feel like I missed life, missed anything. And I know you guys, uh, I just recommend it highly that if you ever get the chance that you do jury duty. I loved it. I loved every minute. And even though it went quickly, I would have gone for the whole day. And all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself while I'm there, damn, I would have left to been on the OJ jury. You know, a big case? I mean, a real big case? Anyway, that was my day. And uh, I'll leave the rest alone. I just wanted to make my point on what happened. And I—I again, the point, main point is, why did the state even bring the case? And I've been checking to see if there's a battery. Do they automatically have to bring the case? Doesn't it have to be some evidence? I don't know. I really didn't ask that I've been busy all day uh, after it, it was over. But again, let me just finish up and say... I recommend jury duty highly. Up next, the market, the Fed, and all that other crap. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kaltbaum. It doesn't get better than this. I knew there was something else I had to do. As you know, since two thousand, I think we're like fifteen and three or sixteen and two in Super Bowls in the seventies or eighties. In the uh, NFL, you know, the playoffs we stopped doing during the year. We gave you out Clemson in the in the football final four picks. We've been just you know kicking butt throughout the years. Uh, how many? Oh, we gave you. When it got to the semis and the finals, we're hitting them left and right for you. Um, we really like – we have one pick this year for the whole thing, and they haven't even started it yet. Watch Gonzaga. Duke's like the number one seed in one in the East. Gonzaga's the number one seed in the West, and I I actually think they'd have to play Duke in the final four in the first game, so in the semis. So they wouldn't get Duke in the final. I have Gonzaga winning the whole thing. And I don't like picking number ones. But man, I watch this team this year. Watch this team. And I know Duke has Zion Williamson and Barrett and these guys, but still, you got to play the game. So uh, just mark down Gonzaga from your uh, handsome host. We're not going to uh, – but Gonzaga, I must tell you, we'll have to face uh, FSU or Marquette uh, in their um, – what would it be? 64, 32 – in the Sweet 16, I believe. That's going to be a tough, tough game. And uh, Michigan in the Final Eight, I believe. So they got a very tough draw, but I really, really like Gonzaga. Mark that down, and we'll see how it goes. And I'm not going to get into the other games and stuff like that. And once we get to the quarters of semis, we'll give you picks then. But watch Gonzaga again. I don't even know who they play in the first round. Somebody FDU. I don't even know what team that is. What is FDU? Fairleigh Dickinson. My bad. How could I not know that? They're fairly fairly Dickinson. All right. Next, uh, I want to make sure you all know again – you know, I got my time wrong here. Excuse me. By the way, we're pre-taping after the market closed. Um, April 13th, me and the brilliant income specialist Steve Jurich uh, will be hanging out at the Museum of the West Auditorium in Scottsdale, Arizona – from 10 a.m. to noon. And you, I really have hardly traveled to do any speaking game engagements. You know, I've been asked for a few. I, you know, I got, I'm dealing with my father's 87, you know, and life in general. But uh, Steve's a buddy. And whenever I can get a chance, to get to Scottsdale. So join us April 13th. It is a, I think that's Masters Weekend. Am I correct? Yeah, I think it is. Um, WrestleMania is the week. Yeah, I think it's Masters Weekend. Uh, join us 10 a.m. to noon. And in order to sign up, you have to go to IQWealthWorkshops.com. And you have to sign up. Or else. IQWealthWorkshops.com. I will be be my usual charming, comedic, yet serious self that I always am with Steve. That's 10 a.m. to noon, Scottsdale time. April 13th. I think I covered that. And I mentioned Gonzaga. Uh, Boeing. It's, it, Boeing was up uh, two and change. It's only down three bucks in the aftermarket. It was just down six, so it's rallying up. There is talk, just talk right now, of criminal with Boeing. FBI is joining a criminal probe into the certification of the 737. And you know these, the journalists are out there really jumping all over this about how quickly it was put through because I got to tell you, there is a lot of talk now about the software and there were glitches and pilots complaining. And I, I'm just repeating what's been reported. I'm not claiming anything, just so you know. So if you're a Boeing lawyer out there, I'll be, I'm just reporting the news. And Boeing, its its Reuters report, changed some airline executives amidst and amid the 737 max and its issues. And the thought process is there were complaints of executives and they shoved them to the side because of that in order to get the plane out. That's the claim. So this is to be watched. And one of the things I told you, I believe it was yesterday, the uncertainty of the investigations and without a doubt the lawsuits besides everything else I went into. So that's the story behind Boeing. Price-wise, there's only one thing I can tell you right now. Around that, uh, let's call it the 364 to 370 area, a couple of weeks support. And in the midst of the gap to the upside off its last earnings report. And a lot of volume trading. But this is going to be very news driven. For me, I don't have the stomach. Uh, I know Boeing popped up a little bit a few days ago when they said the software change would come out uh, within a week or so or in 10 days. But I don't know if that changes the playing field so quickly. I got a sneaky – if I was just a guessing man, we're talking months before anything can get going with these planes. And again, we have yet to see any cancellations whatsoever. That's good news for Boeing. We better had not see cance- for Boeing stockholders, cancellations would not help. Cancellations would be a problem. And that's Winston and Cosmo in the background. As soon as I talk Boeing cancellations. Anyway, so those are a little bit of the tidbits here on the general nature. Up next, the central bank, the full market graph, and much more. I'm Gary. This is the one building, Investor's Edge listening to. America is talking. Investor's Edge. He's got to be big with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Cobb. I'm highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to him. Uh, yeah. Did I tell you? The market wrap is brought to you by investment-models.com. That's Jim Roebeck, one of the great market timers. No gray areas with the man you're either in or out of. The market was proprietary indicators. Go check it out, investment-model.com. Uh, well, at 2 o'clock, the Fed did this, that, and the other thing. Okay? That's the uh, best way I can explain it to you. Uh, the market was uh, pretty much up. Uh, let, me, let me make sure I got these numbers correct. Uh, Uh, The Dow at uh, 250 was 25,929. So the Dow was only up 25 or 30 most of the day, finished down 141. The star of the day, though, was the NASDAQ. At one point today, it was 77,79, up 55 points, but only finished up uh, 5 points. NASDAQ 100 was up 31, though. Amazon was up uh, 35. Google was up 24. Netflix was up 16. That, that, those three right there did the trick. And what's interesting is, when Powell first came out, I don't want to get in too much minutiae because these people nauseate the hell out of me. He basically was, eh, you know, we're just going to stay easy money. And we have no plans of raising rates at all in 2019. Which is such a moronic, stupid, imbecilic statement because he don't know what's going to happen in a month from now. He doesn't. All these people are are imbecilic, moronic dolts that wait for incoming information, oh, well, let's make a move. They never predict anything. They don't know anything. All they are is easy money. And it's all based on markets. Powell did a 180 because markets were crapping to bed. And now he thinks he's a hero. But we're going to finish up. We, let's just do outcome here today. Number one, NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100 still has the bid. At the close of day, as I mentioned, Up 35 for Amazon with the Dow down 140. Google's up 23. Netflix up 16. And by the way, Netflix was up six. And then when Powell first started with the yapping, the market rallied. Netflix went up 16 before you can say boo and never pulled back. So definite algorithm money flows into some of these bigger names. And other technology names. But something else happened today. Remember a few days ago where I said that the financials were edging above range? Edging above. And all that means is, if you look at Goldman Sachs, it's for six weeks been trading tight and then moved above that range. Well, they tucked their heads in like frightened turtles. They got hit hard today. And here's what happened. The 10-year yield went from 2.615 to 2.535 today. What does that mean? That banks have to lend at lower rates while the amount they pay stayed the same which means their margins get squeezed their profits get squeezed and stock prices no likey so bank america down a juicy stick today and that's a big number for a bank america 2860 a bank in new york over stick, city group a buck 30 goldman sachs 680 J.P. Morgan, two and change. Morgan Stanley a stick. Wells Fargo a stick. The regional banks were much worse. When you have a chance, look at the symbol KRE, which was already in a little bit of trouble here in the last week or so. That broke today. And what do we mean by broke? A, below the 50-day moving average. A below supo- B, below support. C, on heavy volume. And then as you look at names that make up the KRE, look at PNC. That be rolling over. SunTrust. Rolling over. These are the bigger names. Comerica. Big time breakdown for Comerica. And I can do other names in the regionals, but ain't looking good. Ain't looking good at all. And interesting enough, I'm looking like an Ameritrade. I'm looking at E-Trade. I'm looking at Charles Schwab. Those are breaking down too. So that to me is on the noteworthy side because, you know, they're important the financials, not as important as the semis. Now, the semis were down today, but only 14 and really just in pullback mode. But transports got smacked again today, uh, down to juicy 134, and it was not only FedEx, which ended up down only 6 and change after being down 10. So if you look at the chart of the transports, not so great. Not the end of the world, but not bullish. If you look at the uh, Russell 2000, not the end of the world, but not bullish. If you look at the mid-cap 400, not the end of the world, but not bullish. Now, gold had a good day. You know why? The dollar got smacked. So gold broke back above the 50-day moving average today. After to pulling back hard, and guess what? So did the gold stocks. That's the GDX. And when you take a look at the GDX, you'll notice the pullback in January is contained at the 50-day. The pullback about three weeks ago was contained at the 50-day, and the pullback this week was contained at the 50-day. And then if you look at the dollar, the UUP, you will notice a chance. Maybe a little bit of a top in place in the dollar. And maybe a little bottom in place on the euro. So that was the story of today. But, you know, we can go to other areas too that aren't such great shakes either. So just remember... This is not a throw-your-door time. Stay on this technology beat. B-E-A-T. The mega caps are getting some juice. But just remember, why is it that you, like four or five names are get? That's the algorithms. You know how they blame them for the downside? We're going to blame them for the upside here. Or I guess the word is credit them for the upside. And there's your day. What tomorrow brings, I don't know. Now yesterday... Excuse me. Powell did a press conference... I'm not even going to quote this bizarre man. That's the best way I can put it. I am not even going to quote the dude. Because you know what I think of these people. I will continue to worry about the outcome of 15 to 20 trillion dollars of printed money, negative rates in Europe and Japan, the printing of money there, the buying up of their stock market with printed money, China going up on an, going on an easy binge, and when we go to a whopping two and a quarter percent Fed funds rate here, the Fed, Jay Powell, craps in his pants and kowtows to Mnuchin, Trump, and their reelection campaign. And I worry about the final outcome. Remember it was easy money that caused the last two bubbles. And every time they cause bubbles, they go back to the easy money times a billion to fix those bubbles that popped. This one has lasted longer because they keep adding. But there will be a wall. Maybe it's in 10 years. Maybe I'll be dead. Maybe it's next week. Our job is to keep on it, keep watching, and hope we don't know what the hell we are talking about and that massive amounts of debt and deficits are a good thing. Up next, this, that, the other thing, and my president. Thanks for being here. I'm Gary. This is The One Only Investor's Edge. You're listening to... What are waiting for? What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Action! Investor's Edge with Gary Kofa. Once again to Investor's Edge. So, uh, you know, we have an election in 2020. And you all know I'm not the biggest of Trump fans. His newest, latest, greatest is he's going after a dead man. A man who passed away. The Trumpsters are ripping John McCain along with Donald Trump. For whatever. You know, not going to get into it while he's ripping them. But I have a question for you Trumpsters and anybody else who wants to have this guy reelected. If he pisses off just one veteran who decides not to vote for him isn't that a bad loss of a vote? I don't understand. I, I don't understand. And I say this as constructive because so far every one of these socialist slash communists on the left and by the way if you think I'm being harsh with my words using the word communist, these people are economically communist. They are. Communism is about the state. The commun- Communism is about control. The communism is about mandating. Communism about, is about repressing. Communism is about disincentivizing. Communism is about selling you on the sharing of wealth though none ever gets shared. It's a lie. If I took a billion dollars away from a billionaire and gave five bucks out to, you know, how many people, what is that going to do for anybody? You do realize that's what they're calling for. You also do realize that 91% of the public has health insurance, is covered. Yet they're telling us we need Completely gov- government-run health care. Without mentioning that all you got to do, if you really want everybody covered, you got 9%, just go take care of them. Why do you have to run the whole thing? It's because of communism slash socialism, the complete takeover of the economy. And in case you don't know, the two biggest areas of the economy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's energy and health care. Guess what they're attacking? Energy through climate, the, the quote-unquote quote, climate change, and the health care you do realize there is an agenda, there is an ulterior motive. We can never, ever, ever have any of these people on the left run in this country. Ever get in their hands on your tax returns. They are a horror show. And all of them have never, ever anybody run a business? they've all been living off the tax dollars and become very wealthy for it. I'm still trying to figure out how Elizabeth Warren is worth between five and 10 million bucks. And of course, she committed fraud. So I bring this up on, it's a harsh, and by the way, Joe Biden has no chance of winning the Democratic nomination. These people make Joe Biden look like Ronald Reagan. He's not winning it. And unfortunately, I'm always careful to talk about the listening audience. But there's these group of people that I think do not have any understanding about what a Bernie Sanders is trying to do to this country. It is the destruction of this country based on the state running the show. And you having machete cutting you off at the knees and have a mallet popping you in the top of the head. And by the way, they don't even hide it anymore. They used to hide what they wanted to do. They actually say, we want to run all this, but it's all for the greater good? Who's greater good? Universal basic income, even if you don't want to work? What in blue hell is that? Sit on your arse, smoking weed on your couch, watching The prices Right, and getting 12000 bucks a year of taxpayer dollars to do nothing? Are you kidding me? That's on top of the food stamps and all the other crap you get. The goal should be to incentivize you getting off the couch. The goal is to have you not... Oh, that's right, they're legalizing weed all over the place. That's a good thing, right? Don't eat salt. Bad. Smoke weed. Good. Anyway, we will talk about this much more going forward because this show is about you, your money, the markets, the economy, and the future. And I will be damned if I am not going to do something about these people that want to run every part of your life. By the way, include how many times you flush the toilet. You don't want to use up too much water now, right? You all have a great evening. You all drive carefully. And when you get home, do like I do. A simple procedure. Make sure you hug your children. Night not all. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash S-T-O-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.